I remember expecting my children over Advent in 1995 and again in 1997. Suddenly, the words of Mary in hymns and scripture readings took on a whole new depth for me. A sense of the magic of what was happening as they were being knit together in the womb. I honed in on what it would like to be in Mary's situation, the otherworldly angel's oracle, the pregnancy hardships in ancient times, the dusty travel during an inconvenient census, nine months pregnant and walking or on the back of a bony little donkey's back to Bethlehem, then giving birth knee-deep in straw next to a manger. We know that history isn't usually kind to women's stories. They're not often included. They're passed over. Luke, fortunately, is a bit of a champion to the underdog, the ignored, the omitted. We hear more from Mary from Luke than anyone else. Mary is a young teen from a poor household, and her parents have entered her into a marriage contract with Joseph. Craig Mellett explains in God's Image Archetypes of Women in Scripture, women did not have any choice over who they would marry. This was a negotiation worked out between a father and a prospective husband. The bride is expected to be chaste, silent, obedient. After the engagement, the bride continues to live with her parents for a matter of some months, possibly up to a year, before she'll move into the groom's household and they will begin their life together. We also know that Mary is from a little village of Nazareth located in the hill country of southern Galilee, near the valley of Jezreel. The village is made up of about 1,500 people, and it is in the old tribal boundaries of Zebulun, between the Sea of Galilee and the Mediterranean Sea. To this tiny little town, to a humble household, to Mary, who is living her life as faithfully as she can, to her family, her betrothed, her God, comes Gabriel. Not just any angel, Gabriel. We only hear him mentioned by name twice in the Bible. We met him six months earlier when Gabriel had appeared to Zechariah to foretell the birth of John the Baptist. And here he is once again to greet Mary. Gabriel gets all the fun jobs. Greetings, favored one, the Lord is with you. Some translations have this as, Hail Mary, or Hail Highly Favored One. This is a phrase that would be used more for prestigious people, royalty, great leaders. No wonder Mary is confused. She was much perplexed by his words and pondered what sort of greeting this might be. Not only are the angel's words perplexing, what does Gabriel look like? What does Gabriel sound like? We often have pictures of angels as male, and while scripture uses the masculine form of referring to them, angels do not have a gender as we understand it. If Gabriel did take on the appearance and shape of a man, 
That would have been unsettling enough for Mary alone with the man would have been cause for scandal. But if he does appear in all his glory with wings and light and sounds of trumpet, I imagine Mary might think she was having a fever and hallucinating. This angelic messenger tells Mary, do not be afraid. And for the second time, he tells Mary that she has found favor with God. Then comes the big announcement. And now you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you will name him Jesus. He will be great and be called the Son of the Most High, and the Lord God will give to him the throne of his ancestor David. He will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and of his kingdom there will be no end. Do not be afraid. How can Mary not be afraid? To be the bearer of the Messiah could possibly be something that every young Israelite girl dreamt about. What if I get to be the virgin that the prophets spoke of who will birth the Savior to my people? I don't imagine most girls would have thought it would come with an angelic announcement. Let's take a moment and look at the picture that I selected for this morning. If you're here in the sanctuary, you have a piece of paper with a picture, and Evan is putting the picture up on the screen for you at home. I chose this picture by John William Waterhouse because this is one in which Mary actually looks surprised. She's taken aback. She's amazed even. So many other depictions have her looking calm and peaceful, head slightly tilted, interrupted from sleep or studying scripture, beatific. Look at this Mary. Look at her hands. There's one over her heart, clutching it, as if to keep her pounding heart from leaping out of her chest. Her other hand is atop her head to keep her brain from shutting down from this shocking news. Of course, her response is, how can this be? Thank you, Evan. As a woman in her time, Mary has next to no rights. As a pregnant woman out of marriage, she is liable to be taken out of the village gates and stoned. All it would take is an accusation from Joseph of of unfaithfulness, and Mary's short life would be over. Does this flash through Mary's mind at this announcement of the possibility of death, of taunts, the looks, the exclusion she would go through if she agreed to this wild proposition? Who will believe her that the angel of the Lord visited her? We can imagine the jokes that will be told around the well of Nazareth as other women gather their water for their households. The shame that Mary might feel because not many are in on this cosmic plan, we know that Zechariah and Elizabeth know, and Joseph will soon be told, but what about everyone else? Did you hear what happened? This isn't like Mary. She was always such a nice girl. Before Mary will answer Gabriel, she asks a question. Not out of doubt, as Zachariah that we heard of last week, but a simple question of, how can this be? 
She doesn't disbelieve what Gabriel tells her. It is about the how. How will she be pregnant since she has known no man? I would imagine there is some anxiety in Mary about what is to come after this moment if she says yes. After Mary's simple question of how can this be, the angel tells her that the Holy Spirit will come to her and the power of the Most High will overshadow her and that her child will be holy and be called the Son of God. These are important and ponderous revelations. Mary is to be the vessel for God, the Theotokos, God-bearer for the world. Not only is she to be the mother of Jesus, but she's told her relative Elizabeth, in her old age, is pregnant and in her sixth month. For nothing will be impossible with God. I think of Mary as feisty and intelligent and strong and maybe a little anxious, yet vulnerable and obedient. You would have to be to go through what Mary will go through. The few stories we do have of her are in the midst of some tense and big moments in Scripture. Mary is at many momentous events throughout Jesus' life and after. Mary's journey takes her through many births, the birth of Jesus, the birth of his ministry, the birth of the church. A highlight reel of Mary would include Jesus being presented at the temple and Simeon's words of caution to Mary. Following the presentation at the temple, her new family has to flee to Egypt to escape a murderous ruler. When Jesus is 12, Mary finds her lost son at the temple speaking in ponderous ways. Mary at a wedding in Cana where she helps usher in Jesus' first miracle and the beginning of his public ministry. Mary's there as a type of midwife, if you will. Do whatever he tells you, she tells the servants. Then Mary at the cross with Jesus until what seems to be the bitter end. In spite of her grief in the days that followed that, Or maybe because of it, because after all, where else would a parent rather be after the death of their child than with other people who love them? She is in the upper room with the disciples after the death and resurrection of her son. Now she's present at the birth of the church. It's so fitting. Mary has come full circle from birth to birth. The Holy Spirit's overshadowing presence and miraculous events. It's no wonder that Mary has been venerated throughout the years. Back to Nazareth from our highlight reel, where Mary answers, Here am I, the servant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. Yes. Yes. She will carry the infant God yet man in her womb for nine months and birth him. She will feed him from her own body. She will put him to bed at night. She will teach him to walk and to talk and love him, just like any other mother with any other child. Only 
This isn't any other child, and Mary's really not just any other woman. Some would say Mary is the first disciple of Jesus, an example of us to us all to invite and nurture that relationship we have with our Lord. In the midst of unknowing, we can say yes to whatever joys and sorrows may follow the intimate partnership in our journey with God. She also shows us that it's all right to question God. We will not always get a specific answer, but there is comfort in knowing that we have a God that invites the questions as we work out our imperfect, anxious, and messy faith. I remember a yes and how moment in my own life. Little did I know the paths it would lead me down. Ever since I was a child, I had felt a call to ministry of some sort. In my upbringing, I thought that meant I could be a missionary to Africa, the only option I had ever seen for women. Like my grandfather's cousin, Laura Redding, who would regale us with stories when she was on furlough from Mingo, Cameroon. I did not want to leave my family. I did not want to live so far away. So I put this yes completely out of my head. Years later, I was in my early 20s and still struggling with what to do as a profession. I had attended college and tried a few different courses to narrow down my varied interests. I had traveled with a singing evangelistic group for three summers, and after my return, my youth pastor asked to meet with me. He then told me I was being invited to be the junior high intern worker. I was literally shocked. The first words out of my mouth were, but I'm a woman. You see, the church I grew up in did not have women on the platform unless they were in the choir or on staff unless it was a secretary or as a deacon and nor did they believe in ordaining women. I walked away stunned with my mind swirling at the sudden and seemingly impossible door that had been cracked open for me. I had to ponder a lot. My mother worried that people would hurt me. My father proudly declared I could do anything. I also talked to my grandparents, who were second parents to me in a way, and they were supportive. So after much deliberation and prayer, my answer was yes. Yes, I would do this wonderful, surprising, and miraculous thing, which, as we know, led me to this place, to this community, to this moment. There have been such great heights and such awful lows, but I'm so glad I said yes. We are in the midst of uncertain times, anxious and unpredictable, just as Mary was in. How might we learn from Mary's strength and courage to walk into our own yes moments in the days to come? What have we heard that we need to ponder as a possibility May we, like Mary, have faith to move forward, but also be present in the wonderment of now. May we not fear what is to come and know that God's favor is with us as his followers. How will you, how will we stand alongside Mary 
individually and collectively, as God's church, and say the words, Here am I, the servant of the Lord. Let it be with me according to your word. Amen.